In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and has been widely regarded as a bad move. This show will attempt to find the good, the bad, and the weird, and convey them in a seriously irreverent way. Get ready, adventurer, and as always, we apologize for the inconvenience. Hi, I'm Steven. I'm Aaron. And I'm John. So we are actually back now in the Bricktown studio uh, recording the Waffy Show, which if you've been paying attention, we have moved permanently to the tower, but something drew us back to Bricktown today and we felt it was easier to just pop into the old stomping grounds. We are actually here in the middle of Bricktown Blues Fest, uh, which is something that's been going on for a while now. Um, And we have a number of awesome guests here with us. Uh, an elusive guest we've been trying to get on the show for like a, almost two years straight now. I don't even know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we know that voice. We finally got you. So introduce yourself, that voice that just chimed in. Uh, my name is Rob Chrisinger. I work for Bumbershoot PR, and I, I tend to avoid interviews uh, yes, you do. like the plague, bro. <laughs> you do. But you had no choice now. We drugged you. And he brought with us... Introduce yourself, sir. I'm little Joe McLaren. Yeah, little Joe Joe. McLaren. (laughs) So you literally just got off stage, not probably 20 minutes ago at this point. Something like that. Yeah. And you look great for having the sun been beating down on you. Oh, yeah, Yeah. you were in the sun. Yeah. I can't tan. I can't gain weight. I don't know what's wrong with (laughs) (laughs) Some sort of a deficiency, I guess. (laughs) And little Joe's uh, neighbor Pete is also here with us. But he he's trying to he's avoid the microphone a, a little bit. Speak much. Yeah. His mic is on, but it's <laughs> a little far away, so <laughs> if you hear him in the background. But we've already been having some some great conversations since we uh, uh, came in here. And uh, Joe, you came down here from uh, you're saying Sepulpa, right? Yes. To come and you did the the first set on stage. But uh, you've been playing music for how long now? Well, since I was a uh, a small boy about eight nine years old is when i uh, started playing the guitar right and uh you know I, I would make some money when i was i was living up in boulder colorado at the time and they had the pearl street mall oh yeah down there so i had uh my younger brother was a drummer and we'd go down there and we'd play these uh old big bill tunes and we'd do some uh we'd try to mix it up for the folks yeah. You know, we were also, you got to remember, I was nine, ten years old. My brother was younger than me, so he must have been eight or nine, maybe about uh, two years younger. Were and you, we, like, playing, like, how people would stand in the doorways of some of the businesses on Pearl Street? We had the, the Boulder Bookstore down on the yeah, west end. That, well, that yeah. was our spot right by nice. that fountain. And we would go down there, and we would clean house because we were so <laughs> cute and stuff. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Here's this little kid singing these big bill tunes, and we'd do... Uh, for some of the the hippie people, we uh, worked up some uh, Bob Marley tunes yeah. and, and some, you know, just Buffalo Soldier. But no, 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 no! Don't <laughs> <worry>. <laughs> we didn't try to cross our boundaries. Now <laughs> I almost started singing just then. <laughs> I love it, but <laughs> yeah, we tried to, to keep it a moderate. And uh, and uh, yeah, that's where, really where I got my start was doing that stuff, playing for tips, and we would clean house down there and. 
when I turned about 15, we moved down to uh, first here to Oklahoma City mm-hmm. and uh, uh, moved to Tulsa from here. Oh, is that where you guys went from Oklahoma City was up to Tulsa? Yeah, we kind of used Oklahoma City as a, a start off point. We had a friend. My dad had a friend from back. He, see, he's a bass player that uh, had been making a living playing music since I was, as long as I had been alive and since he was 16 years old. So he had met this guy in LA named John Heron who owned a big mansion down in Heritage Hills, uh, down on the corner of Chantel or- uh, Chartel. What is it? Chartel. Chartel, yeah, Mm -hmm. Chartel and Lee and all that stuff right in there. It was actually Lee on the corner of Lee and Northwest Fifteenth, okay. a beautiful old home, and uh, that's where we moved into. Was that place to begin with? But my mother was an interior designer, got a job in Tulsa designing kitchens, so the whole family moved down in like 1998, and we looked at it like we would go to New Orleans on a regular basis, and from Boulder to New Orleans. That's a long distance, but we would use Uh, this place in Oklahoma City as a jump-off point to get down there. That's almost exactly halfway. Yeah, Exactly halfway. It's 700 miles either side of the whichever way you go. And um, so I found it home, and I ended up finishing out high school in Sepulpa, Oklahoma. Okay. Just south Mm. of Tulsa. Yeah. That's where I did high school, and uh, I always kind of kept up the music thing, you know. well, it seems kind of appropriate because Tulsa is often seen as like the music capital of Oklahoma, right? Like that's supposed to be, quote-unquote, the big music scene, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, you know, uh, Oklahoma City has a great music heritage with uh, Jimmy Rushing and uh, Charlie, Christian Charlie Christian and the yeah. Oklahoma Blue Devils. I mean, that was uh, Count Basie's band later on. Yeah. It doesn't get any better than Basie's band. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have, there's nothing that compares to that. Uh, really. Deep Deuce, yeah, over here. Have, have you have you gotten to see Deep Deuce at all since all that redeveloped? No, I haven't. It was still kind of a slum. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you so you left Oklahoma City right before I guess it started going through this renaissance. Then it, it really was. I mean, it was. Uh, we watched like the Mirror Building. It was when we first started coming through here. That had just happened, and we right. watched them. Uh, demolish it demolish yeah. it from over there at the place uh, yeah. heritage chills and i've always uh, felt a, a tight connection to this part of oklahoma just as much as i do to where i live these days yeah. you know it's a it's a you wonderful s- place have i mean coming back to it you kind of hinted on this off air a second ago but like what is your opinion of the difference in what's happened around here in the last say 10 years or so down here in Bricktown? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like night and day. It was like this was the, if you wanted to get uh, crack or prostitutes or something, this is probably where you would come. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you still can. Wait, 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 you slept oh, I just did. Slept I slept when you said that. Said that. Said that. But, Rob's got know. a problem. <laughs> but now it's, uh, it's a family-friendly kind of place. Yeah. I wish Tulsa would do the same with their downtown. There we go. We yeah. got it on record. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Well, it's the truth. I mean, I, yeah. I really wish they would. They've got a beautiful downtown, brick buildings, warehouses. They could do a lot with it, and they're starting to. I hope that they're taking on this model because it's really good. Yeah. I think they are. I've heard some good things coming out that they're yeah. planning for a little bit of revitalization yeah, up there. Too. Mm. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. That's why I asked if the ballpark was nearby because I knew there was one. And they said, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's right over there. Yeah. That was actually like one of the big key first yeah. things that was built down Same here. Sure was. As a matter of fact, John Heron, the guy that owned that home, he's passed on quite some time ago. He took us to a baseball game over there and that when they had first built the stadium and was saying, oh, they're really going to try to fix this neighborhood up. And we were all thinking, it's amazing now. Yeah, back then that team was called the, the Red Hawks and they have yeah. since changed their name to uh, the Dodgers. Yeah. And so it's oh, now yeah. the L.A. Dodgers uh, field team. Is that right? Triple A. Triple A. Yeah. yeah. Tulsa, they have the double A. Yeah. It's also pretty good. I've been to a couple. It's kind of fun. We have some, we've had some other friends come out here from uh, Los Angeles, and we've been telling them we're trying to make them feel a little bit more at home here because, of course, we've got the earthquakes, and now we've got the Dodgers. Kind so, of a new thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to bring a little slice of California out to Oklahoma. <laughs> generally, yeah, just, so. generally just the West Coast because we're stealing things from Seattle oh, that's and true, L.A. Yeah. <laughs> Well, y'all are doing a very good job, I must say. I'm really trying Thank to figure you. out where we can put a Golden Gate Bridge because I feel like that. <laughs> maybe, maybe across the canal by the Bourbon Street yes. Cafe, you yeah, know, down by spot. Bourbon Street. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you guys think that bridge is a little too big? It spans the whole city. Yeah. <laughs> At least all of downtown. So I want to I want to kind of get back to why Little Joe is here because he was the first performer for Blues Fest. And oh, yeah, if we didn't mention, he plays blues music. He plays wonderful <laughs> blues music. So, but specifically a certain type of blue. No, well, I mean, wh- you know. I hear you claimed as like, not you personally claiming this. I've heard people claim that you're like some well, sort what of. what we have in our news release. <laughs> that's what I read. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we call him on. Yeah, is that uh, he won the 2009 International Blues Challenge in the solo division in Memphis when he was 25. Yes, that's right. Which also kind of blew our mind a little bit because we did the limited math skills that we have to determine (laughs) that you're 32 years old. That's that's news to me. I was 32 for two years this last year. (laughs) 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 Two years. So I don't know, 32 or something. You are a time traveler. (laughs) He is a time traveler. (laughs) Some numbers have got to be wrong. So if you're listening to this, go to our go to our Facebook page or Instagram, and I put a picture or Twitter. Or Twitter, and I put a picture of little Joe up there on stage picking his guitar. Oh yeah, and he Smoking brought birch on stage and, with and him he's too. sitting there with what kind of hat would you? What, what kind of what is that hat called? Is that a, uh, like a, a Panama like a, hat? Uh, this is like a fedora type. Like a fedora Panama hat. It's like a wicker oh, yeah. type. And uh, thing. I gotta tell you, little, 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 little no, Joe's no, little Joe's skinny. He's a, he's a t- tall, skinny fellow, and he's just got the cigarette hanging in his mouth, and he's picking that guitar, and he looks like an an old blues man. And I was telling you stay earlier, I hope you're not offended by that, but you look like you just came out of the blues. And when I put that together, it's like, that guy's younger than me. He looks like he's... I think you've got a rotary phone, don't yeah. you? I, I, yeah. did, I did up until two <laughs> minutes. Man, look at this. The power company got on to me. They said, using too much juice. <laughs> got to get yourself a dial-up cordless phone. So now, now I've got one of them. <laughs> I love that for that rotary phone. This little neighbor kid who lived across That's the street. Awesome. He'd say, he'd say, come up and say, I need to call my mom. And I'd just point over at the phone. I'd say, it's right there. <laughs> 20 minutes later, he's finally getting into it. <laughs> they seriously called you out because it used too much power? 
That's what they said. Yeah. Because the thing, because it wow. had a, a real bell. It was an old one. Oh, wow. Are you serious? Bell, and it would, uh, <laughs> yeah. Using too much juice. Yeah, like, like you have to call the insurance company. They're like, press one for it. You're just like, um, uh, <laughs> I know what I love this. Get this. I, they, my phone company gave me call waiting. It's like, what am I supposed yeah, to do too. with that I stuff? Don't even know what Get is. this, Pete. You hang up the thing. Click it back up. You got the other person on the other line. It was. It's true, man. That's how that works. Somebody, you're talking to somebody and they go, I got another call coming. I said, well, just tell them uh, you're talking to me. But you got a phone. <laughs> Good one. Hey, but he's got a cord with the phone on. A uh, phone with, with a cord, cord on it and stuff. Do you they really? Look, they, people walk by, they look. Not rotary, though. What the hell? <laughs> he's got his phone tied up. <laughs> So yeah, you yeah, really did just awesome. like walk through a portal yeah. from like yeah, from uh, like take 40, a picture of black and white photo like, of him, you know, in front of a Model T at like Twenty Third and, and Walker, <laughs> and it would look like something out of the you know historical archives. The Rachel um, Mosman pulled it, up. It wouldn't make more sense to put him in front of a Model T in front of the old Model T factory down <laughs> yeah. on Sheridan. Let's do it. We need a Model T. <laughs> I'm ready. We can do that be, if you it's want. time to do a photo shoot. Um, go do that if you want. <laughs> so they call you Little Joe McLaren. We were talking about how a lot of blues guys and a, you know, a lot of guys like down in New Orleans or this book suit you I read down in Knoxville. All these guys have nicknames. You're talking about a buddy of yours. They call him Homesick. Yeah, no, Homesick was a, a good friend of mine who uh, he was originally from uh, like Brownsville, Tennessee area. He started making records back in 1937. Wow. And I started running around with him a little bit when he was uh, 94. He had a long history and been making records all the way from 1937 up until like he died in, I guess, 2000, just before I won that blues competition. 2008 is when he passed away. He was like 100 plus years old. Wow. And... Um, was still doing gigs, uh, fantastic person. He he was a great singer, uh, wonderful slide guitar player. I still carry his bottleneck slide You're around right. with me. You know, it's the one that I use. It's probably in my pocket right now. That's awesome. But I, I adored Homesick. He was a he was a wonderful man. He was a man of principle. Uh, he never really caught the limelight because he was such a man of principle, and he wasn't one to back down from people trying to get him to do things he didn't want to do, he wasn't going to have it. But he kept up his thing till you know, he lived to be about 100 years old. That's amazing. And uh, his son, uh, Johnny Long, is about the greatest blues singer alive today. And yeah, he just now cut a record Johnny with... Long. Johnny Long. Fantastic. Uh, cut a record with the Delta Groove Records. Best record I've ever heard. I named... I was gonna say I named my son John. Oh, nice. Not after you. I thought homesick. Uh, it's a good name, it's a man. Great name. It's a wonderful yes. name. <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, you had Johnny a pretty good story about where your name, where your nickname came from. Well, you see, I was uh, hanging around this this old Indian woman. Uh, she was a Creek Indian, about homesick's age, like, and and I was kind of looking after her a little bit. You know, she wanted me to go pick her up some food. I'd, I'd do it. And uh, I'd love to go hang out with her and stuff. And uh, she loved Cab Calloway. 
Okay, yeah. And the source, so I'd like bring over records and we sit around and listen to them. And she always called me Little Joe because I'm real, real skinny. She said, Oh, Little Joe. Well, this one night I got together with some people that she knew, these other Indian folks, and we were playing a crap game. And I started killing these guys on the point four, which is Little Joe in two old times. Yeah, two deuces or uh, one and a three. I was killing these guys. I took all their money <laughs> all off of a Little Joe point. It's unheard of. And those guys, those Indian dudes were saying, hey, wow, I think Cozy was right calling you a Little Joe now. <laughs> and then, you know, Homesick heard it. He liked it. That's awesome. You know, everybody started to like it. They said, oh, well, that's good because, you know, like you're younger than everybody else. And yeah. It has nothing to do with my stature anymore. <laughs> well, I'm still real skinny, but. Well, legend starts with humble beginnings. Yeah. <laughs> I killed him, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> what, what I was, was being reminded of I think I was probably 13 or 14 years old and I had a um like a youth pastor at the church that I went to and he was also like uh like a music leader in the church and he always played guitar and um I we were talking about blues one day and I I had never been really exposed to any type of blues and I think that was right around the time that they had first released like the the full like Robert Johnson collection on cassette on cassette tape yeah um, and he was like, hey, you need to take some of this home and listen to it. And I had a, uh, I was probably was like 16, because we had a little Ford Escort that I would drive around, had a tape deck in it. I remember we listened to that. We had yeah. that Robert Johnson tape in I've there probably for three years like straight. Just listen, listen. Like my friends would get in the car and they've been listening to like, you know, Nirvana and Soundgarden. And they get in my car and like, they start up this Robert Johnson. <laughs> They're like, what the, what the hell are you listening to? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> was like this shock. is Robert, Robert Johnson, Johnson, man. He was very, sold made, very talented. He only made like how many records did he make? Not that many. Yeah. Well, it was well uh, according to those tapes, there were like forty, but a lot of them were Double, take one and take, take two, right. or yeah. that yeah. kind of a thing. And I, yeah, the guy was he was incredible at what he did. There was not a bad thing that he recorded. Mm -hmm. There are other fellas from before that and around that same time period that did. Uh, well, for instance, Tampa Red, because me and Johnny Long and Homesick love old Tampa Red. Tampa Red made hundreds upon hundreds of records. Oh, really? Uh, in that same time period. Yeah. And he's a blues guy. Big Bill Brunzi made thousands of records in that time period. And some are better than others because they, those guys looked at it like, and, and Homesick carried this till the day that he died. That when he goes and make a, you go and make a record, you got a flat fee coming right up front. Hmm. Uh, a lot of times back in those days in the '30s and stuff, it was like fifty bucks, a hundred bucks. You cut this record, you just give your royalties off to Lester Melrose or whatever, and they do whatever they want with it. But they give you a hundred bucks up front and a uh, bottle or something, and a bottle, of, a <laughs> bottle of liquor or something yeah, like that. Right you know, so this man bad. will pay you to sing into a can. <laughs> no, it's like some bad stuff, really, though, yeah. man. Like they. Uh, you know, like a bottle of liquor and 50 bucks. And uh, homesick up until the day he died, the last record he made, they paid him a flat fee up front. He didn't care what they did with the money. Well, the fee wasn't 100 bucks anymore. It was a yeah. substantially more money. But yeah. um, he kept that going on in that old school tradition. Now, I wouldn't want to do that. I'd have my own record label. Yeah. I, I don't want to mess with those kind of people. How many albums have, have you released on your label? On my label, uh, five. Five? Yeah. And what's the name of the label? 
Roots Blues Reborn. Roots Blues Reborn. Yeah. Like and it's kind of just, you know, me and my pops. I'd, I'd just assume uh, work with him and do our own stuff. Was and, you and your dad playing together? Yeah. That's yeah, for the most fantastic. Part. Yeah, he was going to come down, but he's uh, a little bit under the weather right mm-hmm. now. So What's his name? His name is Rob McLaren. Rob but McLaren. we call him Robbie Mack. Robbie Mack. Robbie Mack. Like yeah. yeah, and he's been around a lot. Way since way before I was born, like, and he like Rob, Rob, yeah, yes, yeah, Robbie exactly Mack Rob. with his hat cocked right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Robbie Mack. Sometimes we call him the Mac Daddy. The Mac, the Mac Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> that also fits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally do you guys, not, do you guys totally frequently not. play in Tulsa? Do you have like a venue that you regularly play at at all? Um, well, we get around Tulsa some. Uh-huh. I hate to play too much in my hometown. Okay, you know I. Uh, I've got certain avenues that I take. Now, my favorite gigs that I do, I do these State Department gigs sometimes. And I got hooked up with it. After I won the IBC in 2009, I got hooked up with Jazz at Lincoln Center up in New York. Oh, and, wow. and they had that Jazz Ambassadors program uh-huh. started by uh, Dizzy Gillespie and Duke Ellington and wow. Satchmo. Yeah. And they would go to places. This was during Cold War times. So they would go over to Russia, and how could you not like Satchmo? Right. How could you not like Dizzy Gillespie? <laughs> and they had like this this photo thing after we got back from our Jazz Ambassadors thing of Dizzy Gillespie riding some motorcycle down, popping a wheelie on a motorcycle in Russia or something. <laughs> he's got these guys, it's like he's borrowing the motorcycle to ride a wheelie, and you know Satchmo blowing his trumpet in front of the pyramids, and and and, and the whole idea is to make a better name for the United States is through the State Department. They send you to places that have a foul opinion of the United States. And there's a lot of those places. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. And they figured, like, if you knew a guy like Dizzy Gillespie, you would have a different idea of what the United States is all about. Because all this military-industrial complex, hey, it ain't Rob over here, it ain't John, it it ain't none of us. You know, we're all just people. People are people everywhere you go. So where they sent us to was like Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, wow. Oman, and, really? ba- and Bahrain. Wow. Bahrain. Bahrain was the first place they sent us to, which was nice. But Saudi Arabia, wow, man. That's like culture shock. Yeah. Way, way, way different. Public music is absolutely forbidden there. That's insane. You know, movie theaters, they don't like the idea of men and women in a dark room together in a public. Wait, it even goes that far? They don't even sit together in movie theaters? They don't have movie theaters. They don't have bars. They don't have any of that stuff. We played the first public concert of music ever. What? They've only been a country for like 100 years. They have never had a public concert, and we gave them one. That's wild. That is crazy. It was unreal, man. What was the reception like? Did they it, love it? Well, we well we brought the house down. We, we did. <laughs> we had the women. They had their their hijab off, swinging it over what? their heads. And, really? and the, I, I'm not, I am not kidding you one bit. I've got video footage that will back that. The, up, the thing that's playing out in my head is that scene in Back to the Future when Marty McFly gets up there and starts playing music from 20 years, <laughs> and, 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 just and everybody just kind of stares at him for a second, but then all of a sudden they all get into it and start <laughs> well, dancing you know, and going crazy. At, at that public concert in Saudi Arabia. Arabia, it was in their capital city of Riyadh. Uh-huh. And we we fly into Riyadh and the guy from the, the the guys from the embassy came to meet us at the hotel and they said, 
well, you know, tomorrow we're supposed to have this public concert, but it ain't going to happen because the Minister of Interior ain't going to let it happen. So you guys got a free day tomorrow. You guys want to come over to have some drinks at the Marine House? So me and the drummer said, well, I'd love to have a drink. So we went over there to this place where they served alcohol. It was on embassy uh, land. This is U.S. territory. This is not Saudi Arabian territory. So we're over there and we had some drinks. And when they dropped us off at the hotel, they said, you guys are not going to have a concert tomorrow. So you got a day off. But about an hour before showtime, they all showed up at my door saying, Oh, well, no, no, the prince says it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So we got to get down there right now. So we went down there, and the minister of interior and the prince of that region said, we will let this concert go on, but it has to be a segregated audience of men on the uh, men on the ground floor and women in the balcony. Wow. But they didn't tell the doorman that. <laughs> So <laughs> this concert, and it's a mixed audience, and there's the guys, these sheiks and stuff up and down the aisles dancing to the music, and really? the Minister of Interior is sitting in this box, this king's <laughs> box. It was unbelievable, gilded chairs. I, it was unbelievable, sitting directly in front of me. And I sang this song, it was this whole hokum blues song, double entendre, little on the nasty side. Yeah. And I said this thing, I, I can't even remember what it was, but it was kind of off color. And I just saw that guy's foot stop padding and he stood up and started walking out. And I thought, oh no, oh no, what if I <laughs> So I finish out the song and the next thing you know, the guy had just had to go use the bathroom. He sat right back down the and he was digging it. You're thinking like he's gonna come back and they're gonna haul you off stage and there's well, gonna be a sour you. Well, get this, so, so when, we, when we finish out the show, uh, I'm asking this guy from uh, Jazz at Lincoln Center, Billy Banks, who's a, a real sweetheart. He's a, one of the old timers from down there. He went on the road with us and we said, they're calling for an encore. Should we get back out there? And they said, oh, no, 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 no. We need to go. Get in the car. We need to like, go, go catch a plane out of this area because they might, you know. Yeah. Things might get really ugly. We might have accidentally around. started an uprising here. <laughs> well, you guys, ever heard of Arab, you guys ever heard of the Arab Spring? How, how could you start the Arab Spring? Was that? Two, two months. Oh, later. no, you started the Arab Spring. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it happened. I, I'm, not, I'm not claiming it. But I'm not claiming it. I'm not claiming it. I'm giving you credit for it. You know, the after. blues has been the seed of a lot of things. That's right. It has. <laughs> well, they, they right. love the idea of the blues. And it's like, uh, over there, they've got this woman named Um Kalthum, or was. She was heavy. Look her up sometime. Um Kalthum. O-U-M-K-A-L-T-H-O-U-M. It's a melodic sounding name. She yeah, was the queen singing. of the Arab world. There are videos of her on YouTube. Uh absolutely unbelievable and it's very bluesy if you translate what her lyrics are it's like bessie smith like my man had me crying all night and stuff it's like a female blues type thing except it's very arabian wow very much so and these videos on youtube it's all black and white footage but it's her she was a blind woman playing in front of a bunch of guys backing her up 
a bunch of men. Big orchestra. She's the only woman. Yeah, big orchestra. And their songs are like 90 minutes long. Nothing. Jeez. And in Saudi Arabia and places, they will have like three channels devoted to nothing but videos of Um Kalthum playing. And huh. she moves her, she comes out with this hand scarf, it kind of drags down. She moves her hand like that and says something, it tears the roof off the joint. <laughs> it's, uh, it, she's unbelievable. Like it's a, one of those things that that's their idea of blues. And yeah. it, it, the blues is a universal thing. That's why that this uh, guy got got on my nerves a little bit, saying, well, "There's no blues acts down at the blues festival." Well, come on, brother. What's your what's your interpretation of what blues is? Well, sure, Johnny Long's a blues guy, and Homesick was a blues guy. What am I not bluesy enough for you? Was Um Kalthum not a blues gal? I think it's all the blues. Adam and Eve had the blues. Yeah. <laughs> like if getting the exile from the Garden of Eden doesn't give you the right. blues, then I don't know what does. So that means to me that everything is the blues. Blues is a thing. Jazz is a verb. Jazz is a way of doing things. You can jazz something. Yeah. Blues is a noun. Jazz is a verb. And I think that a lot of these people up and coming, they don't understand that part of it, that everybody's got the blues. You see, and since the thing in Saudi Arabia and that whole... Uh, about once every year, I go to these places. Uh, I've got a friend in the State Department that I made who, uh, you know, the past, uh, since then, he's been down to Latin America, places mm -hmm. like uh, Paraguay or the Dominican Republic or Colombia. They're places, they're not necessarily tourist destinations, but they've got their own, uh, their own music, their own folk music, which to me is just the blues is what it is. If you call it merengue in the Dominican, well, it's the blues to me, or bichata, yeah. it's, it's all the blues. I was just down in Brazil a while back, that Choro stuff, Choro translates to crying. It's all the blues. Mm -hmm. All music is the blues. It is. It's, it's the idea like of, say. yeah. Well, it, good music. Oh, good yeah, music. that's right. Yeah, no, I can't say that Justin Bieber's a blues man. You got to draw the line at some point. I should, we should say folk music. I saw well, a guy today on Today Show. I've never even heard of the guy. Charlie <laughs> Pugh or something? Has anybody heard of him? Uh, no. Nope. Big star, apparently. Huh. Justin Bieber, I said Bieber. <laughs> Justin Bieber gives me the blues. Yes. Yeah, there you go. See, it's that's all. all. Yeah. It's, it's either, it's either it, it helps you with the blues or it gives, you, it the gives blues, you the blues, I guess. I had a, just a random lyric just pop into my head, but the sad songs, they say so much. Yeah. Um, was that Elton John, I think? Was that Elton John? Um, I don't know. That's just, that's I what don't know. Get your head. facts straight before you bring it up. <laughs> sad, song, sad songs, they say so much. Yeah, well, yeah, right, right, like some of my favorite blues records were like these guys when I talk about Tampa Red and Big Bill Brunzi. Their stuff was not, uh, but every now and again, sure, they'd have some song that was like sad and take pity on me. I wish you, every the world would take pity on me. For the most part, the songs were like, uh, hey, we're going to have a good time tonight. Yeah. Or, you know, like trying to get rid of the blues by playing these this music. And that's like what I think the real idea is behind it, rather than sit around and self-pity. That's more of a... Like get up, and, get up and have a good time. Have like you a know, catharsis, the only reason you're get it out. You're yeah. feeling sad and pitiful is, is your own accord. Why don't you get up and have a good time? You know? That gives me a whole new perspective of blues. Yeah. Well, it's all the blues. It's all I always blues. feel good when I listen to it. You know, I think that Ernest Tubb was just as much of a blues singer as Muddy Waters was. 
I mean, it's just my own opinion. Yeah. You know, but that's the way I feel about it. <laughs> and nobody's going to change and nobody, my mind. There ain't a damn thing you can do about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the guitar you were playing up there? Well, that guitar that I was playing was like a, an archtop lore. I, you know, a long time ago, I ended up with this really old Gibson archtop, same kind of thing. That That's modeled after an L5, but I had an old 150, like what Charlie Christian played. And I, when I traveled down to South America, they would always somehow damage my guitar. Yeah. And this guitar was made in the 40s. It's irreplaceable. So I ended up going... Uh, Finding this place uh, that got me this lore guitar, which is it's a, a lesser model. It, you know, it didn't cost me too much money, and it plays pretty good. And I've kind of gotten used to it. And actually, the reason I'm playing that and not my Gibson is because I, I need to get some guitar strings and put them on my Gibson. <laughs> but I that had good strings, so I brought it with me. I've got too many guitars at my house, like a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. How many so you got, Pete? He's got about six, seven. I don't know. Are all these Maybe your guitars? Yeah. He's, got guitars. <laughs> He's got some good. Yeah. I've got some good ones. I got some. I got some. We don't know about. Well, I've got some, some, well, got some real good ones. They're well, all. I don't want to advertise ones. on the radio. What I've got. <laughs> and your address is. Yeah. <laughs> you almost got me there. Address is. Come by anytime. Doors open. Yeah. <laughs> well, for the most part, I would say that. Yeah. I don't want to advertise what kind of guitars I've got in, in that house. But. <laughs> <laughs> but they're over in Sepulpa. Just ask where little Joe lives. You're welcome to come by. <laughs> A lot of people know me there. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm so blown away just imagining you playing a blues concert in Riyadh. I'm so <laughs> Yeah, that was I really that was really something. Man. Not to bring that back up, but I just that's, that's down, now, get this. We ended up missing our plane. We were go, supposed to go to Jeddah, which is over on the Red Sea. Riyadh's smack in the middle of Saudi Arabia. Uh -huh. We were supposed to go for like seven days over, and we were so high off of that concert yeah. that it was like. We sat there, we're eating Kentucky fried chicken <laughs> in the airport there. And we were like so high off of it. And they're speaking in Arabic. On it. We weren't even paying attention. It's all military time on uh, our stuff. We missed our plane and had to spend the night in that airport in Riyadh. Oh, and, and you can smoke cigarettes everywhere you go yeah. in that, that region of the world. Like even if there's a no smoking sign, you can smoke right next to it. Nobody <laughs> will say anything to you about it. <laughs> so we ended up spending the night in this airport. Oh, yeah. wow! It was a that, that was a that's a whole different story right there. Is there a a, a place that your the State Department is going to be sending you soon that you know of that's on that's scheduled? Well, uh, the next stop is actually going to be not in Latin America again, but in Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. Ooh, oh, wow. awesome. Which will be clear on the other side of the world. Yeah. Over by India. Yeah. And the the cool thing about the blues and like American blues music, because we got to, you know, I mean, I could take it as far as, as you want to take it. But there is a blues band in almost every country that you go to. And I've learned that. Like I was in Kuwait. And I met, meet these fellas, and I said, like, what kind of tunes do you guys do? And they said, oh, man, we do, like, a Sweet Home Chicago and that kind of stuff. And it's like, wow, Chicago, could you even point that out? They couldn't point it out on a map right. to you, but yeah. they're still doing the songs. And I just find that so uh, – us as Americans should be flattered. 
instead of afraid of these people from over there, hey, they they like the blues. They want to uh -huh. do Sweet Home Chicago. They wish they knew where Sweet where Chicago was <laughs> on a map. You ask them, where would you like to go in the United States? Say, oh, I want to go to Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? I would suggest New Orleans. It's not too far, but yeah. Mississippi, huh? Yeah, no, I'm not, sure, not sure how well you would that be seems there. Like a That's joke. true. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're just but, so lucky to have had you here yeah. in Bricktown, oh, you know? Yeah. Oh, I'm fortunate to be sitting in, in a room with such fine individuals as yourselves, really. I this mean, has so been great. 100%. I enjoy talking to you all. Yeah, and I just wanted to chime in and say, too, that, like, I know you won't say this, Rob, because you like to hide behind the veil of PR, but this Blues Fest is not new, these events have been going on in Bricktown. I've worked here for seven years and they happen in my parking lot. So for seven years, it's always been, ah, great. Now I don't get my parking spot this week because <laughs> some other barbecue fest or reggae fest is setting up. But there's already a different vibe to what's going on with this. I would um, agree with that. Yes. Yeah. What's Every, different about it? Uh, I mean, well, for one, I, I'm still bat. My head has not wrapped out around how you have food trucks in that parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, you may not know this, but that's been this weird, notorious thing about Bricktown and food trucks. Like, oh, yeah. And food trucks have exploded around the city. And so to see that alone, it seems really menial, but it's it's a sign that the doors are opening. No, it's a big deal. And you know, I think a lot of that is is the efforts of downtown Oklahoma City, Inc., yeah, and I've you know? had many conversations with them about that because we, you know, we had one day we had a really great uh, Junction Coffee truck down here, and it blew the the lid off Bricktown because we have one option for coffee. And then you know there was a whole hoopla after that about oh well they didn't do something right or this didn't happen right. Uh, but another I think significant part is I mean walking out of my office and going down there and running into Jack Fowler like it's a guy I know he's a friend of mine he's a local artist he's amazing. And now he's down there painting like yeah. live right now. And that's not something that you see. You don't see local artists hanging out in Bricktown doing things. So, I mean, I, I and even the caliber of musicians. It, yeah. On the this minute bill. I started hearing little Joe play. Yeah. That's like, that's when I came out and started taking pictures of you. So this is, this is not what I expected. Uh, yeah. This is. So I, unbelievable music. I'm really glad that you guys enjoyed what I was it doing. Was beautiful. Oh, it was awesome! Absolutely, Absolutely awesome. Oh, I Absolutely. wasn't surprised at all. <laughs> I, I know. I, uh, <laughs> Rob knew all along. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I knew exactly what what uh, we were going to expect uh, at opening. I mean, we wanted to open strong, you know. And and I got to thank uh, Brian Horton from Horton Records in Tulsa for leading me to you. Yeah. Um, you know, I went to I to Brian. Um, I worked with him on a lot of things, and uh, and I said. You know, we're doing a, a blues festival in Bricktown, and I need to know who do you think are the best blues artists in Oklahoma right now? And uh, he led me to half of our lineup, and uh, that included Burcham. you and Wink Burcham and Dustin Pitsley and yeah. Paul Benjamin, um, Pilgrim. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Brian Horton is a, a big reason why this, uh, this lineup is as strong as it is. And, uh, and Brent Brewer... Um, having been, you know, doing this for, I mean, this is the 21st year for the Bricktown Blues Festival in, in Bricktown. Yeah, 21st. Um, and, uh, you know, Brent loves music and he, mm -hmm. you know, and so that's, that's why he keeps on doing it. And so the, uh, you know, the rest of the lineup is, uh, is due to, to Brent's, you yeah. know, what he loves to hear, you know? Well, I mean, and if you think about that for a split second two twenty one 21 years of doing this festival means, mm -hmm. I mean, quick math, I'm going to get it wrong, but it's like 95 
96 was the very first one. 96. So like right about the time you're saying you left. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and what your description of what it was down here for it, for somebody to even try to do this 21 years ago. Man, that's really something. Yeah, it is. Um, Placemaking. Yeah. That's the, that, that's the beginning of placemaking in Oklahoma City was uh, was Bricktown. They, You're uh, right. they, it uh, it, and it was a haunted house. I think that was the right. very the first example was the of first placemaking thing. in Oklahoma City. Haunted house and then spaghetti warehouse. Yep. That <laughs> was, those and were the things. That's our favorite restaurant. Yeah. In the <laughs> 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 this salad, bread, and soup. All you can eat. <laughs> well, hey, she didn't even charge me anything. She goes, "That's all right." That's all right. I'm coming back. How can that I not did, be your I favorite restaurant? <laughs> well, there was a one point in time right after you had started playing. I was talking to a, a security guard, and I look over, and Rob's just standing. He's the only person standing up in front of the stage, standing there dancing. <laughs> and then uh, a little bit later, um, there was this this. Little little old dude wearing this, you know, Charlie Brown hat, like walking around. And I was talking to, I forget who that guy was, uh, had a parking question. But he's like, yeah, that's our bass player. I was like, that guy's a bass player? I was like, he's all, he's all hunched over. I was like, he doesn't yeah. even seem like he can barely walk. So I'm like, yeah, you know what's going to happen. He's just going to get up there on stage with that bass. He's going to start windmilling and you know, bring the house down. I was like, this is going to be a cool night. It is going to be a cool night, a cool mm. weekend. Yeah, it is. You know, and it's like, and in, in right down the street, we've got the, the Bricktown Craft Beer Festival going yes. on right now. And they're oh, building yeah. a beach a block away yeah. from here right now. And I mean, everything's happening in yeah. Bricktown. And I just, I mean, so as being somebody who's been here for, I mean, I've obviously lived in Oklahoma City my whole life, but being in Bricktown every day for seven years, there is definitely some sort of change occurring. Mm-hmm. Um the brewer, I mean, I, and that's something you mentioned to me in passing the other day, Rob, that I had kept seeing you out with Brent at different things. And I was just like trying to wrap my head. I was like, what, why are you <laughs> wandering around the city with Brent Brewer? Like, I don't understand. And then you told me, it was like, you're trying to get him out to see what's happening elsewhere and kind of open, open the eyes. Not that they wouldn't have come to that maybe on their own, but I think sometimes it just, you know, they've been here, like said, for 21 years, they've been doing this at, the blues festival and all the other festivals that they do, the reggae fest and things like that are probably just this, Oh, we're doing it again. Pull the folder out. And here's the people we call. We call the Coors light truck. We call the thing truck. We could do this. We get the gate up and get like those guys. Behind it might be a little right. bit As opposed to, Hey, what if we just like throw that to the side for a minute uh, and reinvent it? Well, yeah, there's a, there's a new, a new Oklahoma city yeah. and, uh, and it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's just exploded in, you know, uh, Plaza District, you know, with Live on the Plaza, uh, is the reason why I think, uh, or inspired things like H and Eighth Night Market, which inspired things like Herd on Herd, right? And I mean, it's just like things are are uh, it's like a domino effect, and and uh, people are seeing what's possible, and and really in Oklahoma City, you can do whatever you want yeah. right now. That's good. you know, no, you really can. Yeah. And that's, that's why you I, can't do that in every city. There is like there's no such thing as a bad idea in Oklahoma City, right? Well, I mean that's not true. There are probably some bad ideas in Oklahoma City, but <laughs> but everybody's at least willing, it seems like, to say, okay, I'll 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 check out your idea for a little while, and then if it's actually bad, then we'll tell you it's bad and we'll stop going. But for the most part, like some of those just crazy things. I mean, even things like open streets. Like the first time I heard about that, it was just like. You're gonna shut down 23rd Street. Right. Yeah, I thought that sounded weird too. I was like, that sounds like a really bad idea. And 
even when it happened, I think two years ago was the first one. Like Twenty Third Street was still kind of. What is it for? Like art or music or bowls it's, or food? It's, or? it's a. It's actually a, a child of the Department of Health. Oh. I think the Oklahoma County Health Department. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking right. for. And it's it, so what the idea is. It's sort of a. It's trying to prove to people, hey, we can shut the street down. We can all walk, ride our bikes in, hang out on the street, patronize businesses. Yeah, we'll bring in food trucks. They bring in all different kinds of like health and lifestyle things. Or you can the yeah. river river sport people brought in all these rowing machines, and people are doing rowing machines on the street. Dance squads are coming out doing little flash mobs everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, you can look this street that is normally like a death trap um, is for for one day it shut down and it becomes this public and space. And what's crazy is like 40,000 people come out to this thing. Yeah, just and in droves. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oklahoma City's just hungry for this. Right, exactly. And, yeah, ride bikes and mm-hmm. bring their dogs. Yeah. And I mean, and I think what's weird is Bricktown's had this weird shell around it for a while. People are like, oh, that's the. It's it was one like you said it's one of the first places that was tried to be established in Oklahoma City and nobody understood what that meant mm-hmm. and the people that were doing it the brewers and and the uh, the Scaramucci's and people who were bringing in businesses and investing here didn't have the inspiration they were they were throwing basically just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks and yeah. what stuck at first wasn't what everybody wanted but now as they're seeing what people do want. It's obvious they're trying to bring it in, and they're and they're trying to open. So I don't think that, I think it's, you know, I've talked to a lot of people at DOKC, a lot of people like Chad Huntington who operates businesses down here, and they're all of the right mindset. They're just trying to break out of the stigma that Bricktown has, which people just need to let go. Like we're all learning from each other, right? You know, we're and, and uh, you know, and I, Bricktown is Oklahoma City's premier entertainment district. Yeah. You can do anything basically that you want to do here with your family. Right. And uh and so now it's it's cool to see like the uh the local arts culture, the things that are happening in in uh, the plaza in Midtown and you know everywhere else like that starting to to see that it's it's okay to be in Bricktown and do those things too. And and I think that that's positive too because Bricktown is where is is when people visit Oklahoma City for the first time, it's I call it I call it Oklahoma City 101, sort of. It's yeah. you know it's a it's, you it's know, the it's, gateway to Oklahoma City. I mean, right. Might as well put an arch over the whole right. thing. It's, it's Times Square, you know, for Ooh, Oklahoma really City, impressive. and it's like and and people ought to be influenced by the best of what Oklahoma City has to offer, and I think that's what's starting to happen now, right. and it's Agreed. cool, man. It's really cool, it's and, and there are still a lot of hurdles to overcome. There's some dated policies that we've all been aware of, and but what people may not realize is there are people that as soon as that hurdle is realized, they're immediately trying to take it down. Like, oh, we have this one word and some policy somewhere that we put in 20 years ago. Well, we don't care about that word anymore. Let's take it out so we can move past it. And it's just going to take a little time to get all those kinks worked out. But I think things like this are a good good starting point, a good example of So we, we, of a we hope to see you back here more often, please. I'll try to make a point of that. Maybe I can uh, get some help from y'all. Yeah, Absolutely. anytime. 100%. Yeah. Thank you so much, Joe. Yeah. Oh, well, yes, thank, thank you, you very for much. having you me down here. It really means a lot. I really appreciate it. I don't know. Thank you, Pete. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see you guys next week. 
You've been listening to The Wafty Show with Stephen, Aaron, and John. As always, we need to thank Joshua Path for the use of our theme song, Cement Truck, off the album Between Heaven and Jonestown, recorded by the magnificent Kurt PR. Kurt's awesome! That is available on iTunes, CD Baby, and anywhere the internet can be found. Remember, as you go out to visit our local places and events, make sure you take care of those who take care of you. Tip your waiters, waitresses, bartenders, musicians, and artists. They're out there working hard for you. We come out with a new episode every Monday. You can find us on iTunes by searching We Apologize for the Inconvenience, where you can subscribe, rate, and comment. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wafty Show. Facebook.com slash Wafty Show. We'll see you next week. Woo! I'll be here.